head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 258 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. The Podcod, a.k.a. Shawnee Podcasts. Joined today by the... Omar Little of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a, a pretty eventful week in the world of MMA and a pretty eventful couple of weeks coming up in the world of MMA as well. Graham, how are you? How are things with you? Any, any crack? I'm good, I'm good. Have you finished the war yet? Or I, what I have, you? yeah, I finished the war. Yeah. So. What did you think about it at all? It was good. It was good. Like I, I think I saw someone talking about it, and I think they were correct that it's a, a little outdated in terms of like the, the brilliance yeah. of the wire was... The, where people the, copy brilliance and then it becomes the norm like you know what i mean yeah that's it too but uh, like the when lester like f- f- spoiler alert for everyone when he found out how to like uh tap into picture messages and he found out about picture messages i'm like all right like, you know, it's 2020 now i was okay i can get back into the moment when you know i, f- I find that out but it's you can't help but it being a little outdated but that's b- very much nitpicking like i think it's probably top top 20 greatest show of all time top 10 maybe even but I wouldn't have it in the top five, to be honest. But a great show, nonetheless. A very, very good show. And people might get get mad at that now because they love the show. I think so certain well. certain parts are like, I'd have to go, I haven't watched it in a while, but certain parts are absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And other parts, they're just kind of building up, building up, building up. Yeah. For the, the payoff. Uh, like, so, so it's like, you kind of, yeah. I don't know. I think more kind of, uh, more, if you're looking back at it now, there's more shows like that now than there was before. They were kind of more formulaic and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I, Before. I think Game of Thrones kind of changed the that sort of genre as well, you know, the build up, build up, build up, and something big happens. I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones is like that times 10, you know, and okay, the end of Game of Thrones didn't work as well as the end of uh, of The Wire, but there was there wasn't enough big moments compared to game of thrones and there was maybe too much building at times but i don't know i'm being very critical it was a it was a very very good show and i encourage anyone to watch it but sure look uh there'll probably be another couple of shows <laughs> to be watched anyway so send me suggestions to show plus talking about shows what about our zoom show on uh on tuesday like if, if people i'm telling you here now I, I don't push out much stuff that we do as, like, unmissable, right? You, you know, the rewatch is good. If you're signed up to Patreon, you should definitely see it. Or the Q&A is pretty good. And we have some good interviews. And I mean, like, check them all out. But this Zoom we're doing, right? On a, uh, sign up to Patreon and watch it. You have to be there at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. The recording of this is not going to be released. We're not. We're barely going to be talking. This is like Fight Club. We're go- barely going to be talking about it. People are going to be dropping in. Fucking UFC fighters, Cage Warriors fighters, Bellator fighters, commentators, media members. They're just going to be dropping in randomly. Judges. Judges. <laughs> a judge being asked the question by. And you like you can come in and ask those people the question. So if you're signed up to Patreon, we'll send you the link. And you can literally ask those people questions. You can ask me questions. You can ask Graham questions. You don't even need to ask questions. You yeah, can just you sit can just there listen. and listen. Yeah. yeah. 
it was like at last Tuesday we didn't re- like I didn't I planned it for just me and you and uh, Jake and Andy and Andrew McGahan and a couple it was more like six people. Or seven people was it? Yeah, yeah. I did it like turn into twenty two people and fucking Paul Redmond was there and Richard Kiley and it just <laughs> and like we were drinking cans as well and by the end of it, it like I it was supposed to last an hour and it lasted two and a half hours and there was me like half pissed out of my head. <laughs> talking to Richard Kiley about our infamous interview and <laughs> was like ah sure look you probably would have got knocked out in two throw, minutes anyway throw more, throw more shade at him. <laughs> and I was like oh no I shouldn't have said that but so that's is, and if we have if half of what we've lined up and we will actually try to line it up this time for uh, for Tuesday night happens it's going to be epic and plus we're just going to be like thinking of people as we do the show and asking them to come on and seeing if they hop on like Paul Ripon came on the last day and he didn't know what he was getting himself in for like <laughs> Like he thought he was Think doing about, an interview with me. He was like, he was like, who are all these people? <laughs> who are these people? Like, it was just, and it's the sort of thing, right? If you don't watch this now or next week, you're probably never going to be able to see it because probably people will get what it is and not do it. <laughs> so like, we probably shouldn't even be talking about it here, but we have to get people in because it was so epic and so funny. So sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. It's only going to cost you like $5 and we're moving it. I'm not even thinking about doing one hour this week. We're at least two hours. If it goes further, it goes further. This is off the rails, wild west. Like, the thing about this is I was talking to someone else about it and we, I, I was... Look, you know, looking at Darren Till's tweets and thinking about old school MMA. Maybe this is a thing we can start off the podcast with altogether, even though I hadn't planned it. Like, do you? Re- I remember the days distinctly. I, mean, I don't know if you were the same because you were more in the Irish MMA thing and I was more in the kind of the UFC thing. But like when I started watching the sport at the start, like I used to go to listen to Crookland's show and she used to have like a live chat in her show. And if Michael Bisping was on the show, he used to be like in the live chat and you could like chat with him. Or Tino Ortiz or over in the UG, you could talk to like Ian McCall or you know, Dana White was always there and everyone. Like to me... Yeah, Ian McCall had a little like army going there. Yeah. People had usernames. I can't remember. It was yeah, like Uncle Creepy, Uncle his Creepy, army or something no, like that. Uncle Creepy top team. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was cla- Like you remember those days don't you? You could literally just talk to people, fighters yeah, and people. Dana White would be in there the odd time to like clear things up and like <laughs> call people goofs and like <laughs> Joe yeah. Rogan and fighters and uh, Sean McCorkle even got himself a, a, a win or got himself a fight but he ended up winning against Mark Hunt in the mm-hmm. UFC from getting people behind him on, on the under, MMA underground mm-hmm. form yeah it was class like if we could recreate that on the, on, on the Tuesday night for, for what would be brilliant but like I, I, I feel like Darren Till has kind of brought that back a little bit by just like talking absolute shit like <laughs> you know just being being a bit of a gas man on, on Twitter and replying to people and stuff like you don't see that happening as much anymore and that for me was like the beauty of the sport it was I remember Pat Barry used to be really good for it as well back in the day and loads of people like you'd I don't know. I feel like that's gone out of the sport and it's something we're missing. And like, if there's any fighters listening to this, you should come on, you, right, come on the show first of all, anyway, but you should do that as well yourself. You know, start talking to the fans, start getting the fans involved. Because there's such like a, a, a kind of a maybe a mistrust of fans and a mistrust of media and everything like that on the fighters part. And I can understand it because maybe since those days, the kind of the veracity and the insanity of social media has taken off an awful lot. And you see nothing but negativity, negativity. And I see it myself, you know, I'm not immune to it. But I think you have to, especially in a time like this, you have to kind of focus on the positive. And everyone in this fucking Zoom chat where we're doing on a Tuesday as well is... I'll fucking I'll throw them out if they're I'll throw them I'll book them Shani'll book them but I'll throw them out if they're you know dickheads or anything but the, the last day there was no one it's all Patreon subscribers we know all the people in there uh, already and it's really good but like 
I, I feel like it's because the people are accountable. They're like their yeah. face is there, mm-hmm. their voice is there talking to the fighter. If they, some people when they're hidden behind, you know, everybody else says hidden behind their egg on Twitter or whatever yeah. with their with their like uh, rampage fucking two five zero or something nickname on or <laughs> handle on Twitter or whatever. You know, nobody knows who they are, so they can they they feel like they can say what they want, and sometimes it's not even it's not even their actual opinion. It's just like they're angry at something or they're just bored and. I don't know. Some of it's not even real. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they would never say they wouldn't. They wouldn't actually. T- Oops, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Muted myself temporarily there. Okay. Um, if they sat down and thought about it, they probably wouldn't. Um, they probably wouldn't actually come to that opinion. They're just venting mm-hmm. on this 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 channel that they have no accountability to their actual person. So yeah. yeah, that's very true. Like it's it's something that I think we need to get back, and I think we need to kind of ignore the hate and bring in the love that's what we need to, that's what we need to do bring in the love and have a bit of crack with it and stuff so uh yeah choose that patreon.com imagine we need to get uh if, uh, that's what we'll do next day on zoom we get everyone to sing a line from imagine <laughs> oh, that's the only thing we'll release from it oh it'll be hilarious but yeah i suppose look we better talk about this fucking mma that's coming up uh and i i don't know is it though? Is it though? Yeah, I think it probably is. Like, so Dana White announced there will be cards on what's the first date? May 9th, May 13th, and May 16th. Is it May 9th the right date? It is, I think. Yeah, May 9th. And then there'll be another one on May 23rd, but he didn't announce where that was. But the first three, 9th, 13th, and 16th, will all be in Jacksonville in Florida. He told his boy, Breck, Breath Okamoto. Uh, about this on over on Instagram, which seems to have taken the world away, and I fucking hate Instagram. But anyway, uh, that's a different story. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje for the interim title, which makes absolutely no sense. But sure, look, it's a good fight anyway. We'll we'll have it. We'll get into the card a bit later on because it's a good card and all that. And oh, don't cover the card if you don't hate on it. Yeah, okay. We yeah, grand. If you uh, if that's your opinion, fine, grand. Uh, but anyway, this card is happening. Like to me. My, uh, I did a podcast with Phil last week, right? And we talked about the media's role in it and the way we cover it and the whole situation and everything. After having kind of calmed down from the week before when I was, <laughs> I was like, this is insanity, it can't happen. Uh, and that was kind of happening all over again. Nothing has really changed. Uh, like in Florida, in the area where it is in Florida, there aren't that many cases at the moment. But, uh, you but you're going to fly a bunch of people in from <laughs> yeah, places. But according to a lot of people, in America in general, the the testing isn't up to the numbers that they'd want to have. Now, the testing is probably a lot more than here, but the amount of population is a lot more than here as well. Plus, in Florida, they're opening up beaches again. They're opening up different things, which is going to make it worse. Like, I think the problem with, um, with this whole coronavirus thing worldwide, and especially in America, which is, I think it's the worst country in the world for it now, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Um, we are being lied to in terms of the scale of this i really think like because they i don't think people want to cause panic but the fact of the matter is i think personally that first of all we were you know thinking maybe this will be gone in a few days maybe we won't even come here then like you know, a few weeks we might be locked down for three or four weeks then we're talking about you know maybe maybe two months maybe three months maybe maybe you know it might be christmas uh, I think it's more realistically years, to be honest, we're looking at here. Because do how we get over this is, you know, in two ways. They find a cure, they find a vaccine. And listening to doctors and listening to people talk about it who know about things like this, that's going to be very hard to do. Now, I hope I'm very, very much wrong. There's talks of... Um, 
uh, October, the uh, trial over in England has started, uh, and they might have something by then. I hope that's correct. I hope it's all gone by Christmas. I hope them, you know, they say between twelve and eighteen months. I hope next March they get one. If they don't get one in October, and I hope in eighteen months they get one as well. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. I'm really, really not sure. And that might be a very pessimistic sort of view, but I think that's probably the view or the opinion that a lot of the medical people have at the moment, but don't really want to tell us. But do, do you not think there's a point where people are just gonna they're just gonna say we're just gonna have to go back to work and yeah. the economy and all that stuff's just you know we, we can't afford to do this for for years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think there's gonna be a point where people just even if it's a little dangerous or or maybe they won't let on how dangerous dangerous it is, but they'll just have to put more people maybe not everybody but more people back to work and obviously that's a risk where it could spread again but i think they're going to have to kind of take that chance at some stage if this doesn't go away for for like as you're saying it could drag on for like a year or more yeah there's a see we have what we have here now is a big problem you know we have this huge worldwide problem and we have to find solutions to it and as i said the solution is a vaccine or it's a cure uh, but there's other solutions as well, and it's finding finding ways around it while That's we're waiting. Island. <laughs> finding ways around it, and like I'm not saying stop the UFC or stop the Bundesliga or stop the Premier League for three years until we find a way around it. We there's probably ways of finding ways around it, but there's 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 a fucking fly attacking me here. There's two ways of doing that, right? There is technology, and we can do all these great things that technology will bring us, and it'll help. But I think draconian measures also need to be enacted. And the very first one of them draconian measures is getting inside your fucking door and staying there. Like, that's the best way to stop this spreading at the moment. Is it going to come to a point where people are wearing actual, like, gas masks? walking around yeah actual proper ones have you watched the film contagion i watched it the other day and there's like a lad literally wearing a suit where he's like a plastic thing right over his head and i was like that's a good idea (laughs) it's so like it's weird that i was watching that film was like yeah that you know that's actually a good way of going going out you can just just stay away from it but it's uh like when i said draconian measures as well i mean like okay staying inside but then time as well like if the, let's say the UFC are putting on cards, I think they need a lot of time if they're to do that safely. And we will get into this more, more now as we go. But, like, you need that uh, quarantine before the card happens. So you get through the incubation period. So it's a lot safer to, to say that this person doesn't have the disease or isn't carrying it or can't spread it. Then they can fight after that if we all if we think everyone's okay. Perfect. And after that, they have to do the same period again just in case so that's a way of doing a ufc fight are and testing you need obviously you need testing even though there's false and negatives even though you know the uh the the testing isn't the best in the world we don't know where this disease is at the moment you need to do all of that um are the ufc going to do that the ufc said they're taking all their you know safety precautions and maybe they will take loads of safety precautions they released the press release yesterday and they didn't say it anywhere that they were going to be testing the fighters and the people going to the event for coronavirus. Now, maybe they are. Maybe they just left it out. I emailed them and asked. I haven't got a response back yet. They said they're going to be doing the uh, the temperature tests, which are good. Yeah, you should do a temperature test. But, you know, what good really is that? What you know? I don't know. Is that going to make much of a difference, to be honest? But I think it's a bit like... It's a bigger scale than the UFC. I th- I think this is like we. I think the problem with 
let's say look at the Bundesliga, they're on about coming back on the same weekend as the UFC. Over in Germany, they have used, I talk about technology, they have used their technology and they have um, tested loads and loads and loads and loads of people. And the more people you test, the safer it's going to be. If you test, let's say we do a severe meetup, right, and a thousand people show up, and all 1,000 of those people go into the same room, but every single one of them has been tested. Like, the likelihood of getting the coronavirus in there is very low, isn't it? Okay, there's false negatives, but if they were tested... Many false negatives, and also I hear of people testing, they feel a little sick, and they they do the coronavirus test, and it Mm -hmm. says negative, and then they get more sick, and they go back, and it says positive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. But like the thing about it is, like that those thousand people, right? They they turn up, and they all get tested. There's less of a chance. But if only nine hundred of them get tested and they turn up, there's an awful lot more of a chance. So you need testing, 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 nonstop, and as many people as you can possibly get tested. And that's what they've done really successfully in Germany because, like, like those thousand people, they get tested, and one of them has it. Well, you take that one person out, give them two weeks to recover, and they're grand, and the other nine hundred ninety nine people can can continue. So that's why you need more testing all the time. Literally, you know, if you test everyone, that's how you're going to stop it. That's how you get technology and get through. And I don't want to turn into a full coronavirus podcast, but it seems the the way that's the you know the way it is. But with the UFC and with all sports, we ha- I like I think it's time. Like I think we need time to produce those ways forward. We're not going to be able to wait long enough for the vaccine. We're not going to be able to wait long enough for the cure. We can just forget about that. Things are going to have to come back because <clears throat> you know. As you said, the economy, money, we need to move on for our mental health, for everything. We need to fight, but we ha- we can't do it willy-nilly like this. Like, these procedures haven't been found properly yet. We don't know everything about this disease yet. We, we, like, we probably never know everything about it, but we don't know enough about it yet that we can safely return to things like this just not it's just not not the case right now maybe it'll be that way in two months time maybe it'll be that way in six weeks time or three months time or something i i still think it's too early i, I really do. do you like for this event do you are, are you in the same mind as me do you think it's too early or just do you kind of want to see it coming back or what's the crack yeah well like i'm kind of just going on what i've heard as well the same as you like when it, it doesn't it, it does seem very early like uh obviously there's loads of loads of sports and loads of businesses and things that want to get going again but mm-hmm. it's just not safe to like it's understandable like like you know you want you want to get going again you want to make money you want to you want to keep things ticking over and but it's just yeah it does seem i don't, I don't know if it's going to go ahead like is this going to get blocked by somebody like espn pulled it the last time are mm. they going to pull it again probably no. not if if it's gone this far yeah um, ESPN. So ESPN put out a statement already saying that they want to get their sport. Very vague, like two line statement saying, basically we don't care about people's health. Work away, lads. Uh, it's out of Florida this time, and Florida's state has basically opened up. Not not to totally opened up, but opened up to sport. Like the the uh, WWE has been going on live not not live every week but whenever they want to do a live show they have can do a live show they have the next i think six weeks of live shows planned out but every two weeks or whatever it is um so but they are doing live shows they have deemed that business essential in florida so and the florida state athletic commission as well have said they will sanction the event so there's there's nothing stopping them there's no uh espn exec to pull in here to come in here and say it's not happening because they have okayed it there's no governor to come in here and say it's not happening because they have okayed it dana white is certainly not going to do it and i think actually 
I suppose if wrestling's been been cleared yeah. as essential, then I don't see why. why. It's just fucking crazy. <laughs> America is a crazy place. It's a crazy place. Like it's yeah, uh, wrestling may not be real, but it's essential. <laughs> it definitely is. But at least, like at least in wrestling, right? Uh, let's say wrestling is so real. It's sorry, <laughs> but let's say let's pick out two wrestlers. Let's say John Cena and The Rock are wrestling, right? You can say, right, nobody has contact with each other apart from John Cena and The Rock for the next six weeks, and you're going to wrestle every week or you're going to do promos every week. Like, that, you could, you know, that's probably a lot more safe or a lot, you know, you you have a buddy. That's what they're doing. Uh, the guards are doing, I believe, and police all over the world. They're doing, like, a buddy system where you travel in the car with the same police officer and you go around everywhere with that one person. That's, you can't It'd be do that. so annoying if you didn't like the guy, Yeah, it would. Yeah, terrible. Like, stuck on a podcast with a lad. <laughs> but, like, that's, you can't do that in the UFC. That's, that's a big problem. Uh, because, you know, um, Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson are fighting in two weeks' time. But they can't fight again the week after. You know, you're going to have to get fucking whoever it might be and Derek they Lewis. Can, they, can meet our, they can meet our own buddies. <laughs> the two of them buddying around for weeks before. We'll just, we'll, just get, we'll just get Tim Sylvia and Andrea Arlovsky to fight over and over and over for the for the next week's weeks. But yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's a way to... Like, uh, the person I actually blame the most here uh, because the person supposed to be in the adult in the room for all this is the commissions. Like, wh- uh, like the commissions are sanctioning this event. Like, why are the commissions there? Like, if you ask yourself that question, are the, what are the commissions there for? They're there to have Money. a... S- <laughs> but they're there. They're supposed to be there to have a safe event. They bring the doctors, the commissioners, the judges, the referees to make this event a safe event to make sure everything's going off okay. There's a fucking asthmatic fighting on this event. <laughs> how, like, how can the UFC even fucking... <laughs> how can they disguise it like... It's there in open sight. They have a fucking asthmatic in the middle of a fucking pandemic, which attacks your lungs. Which the WHO says that uh, asthmatics are are one of the worst groups uh, of people. Like it's fucking, cra- it's crazy. Like it's absolutely like I want to see MMA back. I want to see all these fights. I want to see these three events. I want to see them all happening. You know, I I fucking love to see Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. But like it's just. It's a fucking wild world they're living in, isn't it? It's it's absolutely crazy, and I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I don't I don't think we're at the position right now. But any closing remarks on that, Graham? Before we maybe move on to the card and another few things. Yeah, well, like it does look like it's happening. Like a with ESPN kind of seeming on board. That's kind of all they need. And Florida being on board and the UFC being on board. That it looks like it looks like it's all. It's all all a go. Yeah, and it's funny as well because you know the ABC, which are the commission over the commissions, kind of they have cancelled their meeting. I believe in June they do like an annual meeting thing. It's like because it's not safe for people to travel and meet. I was like, right, so you won't put yourself in a position to have a meeting a month after you're allowing a fight to go ahead. <laughs> you know, yeah, but those meetings are probably completely pointless anyway. Yeah, like, you know. for fuck's sake, like, come on, come on. Dana White won't let his, uh, his children out to meet their friends, but he's no problem putting an asthmatic in there fighting in the middle of a pandemic. Like, absolutely no problem. Absolutely no problem. And, and this is another thing as well. And I, Maybe it's a, it's a bit of a topic as well. I, I saw, I, you know, I talked about it last week. I saw John Cavanaugh tweeting about it yesterday about the preparations for this. Like, how are these people supposed to prepare like may, maybe they can do the body system as well and train and have one person to train with and but like I, I believe a lot of the gyms have been closed down there's been you know social distancing in places uh even you know bringing a person to your house to train with them it's not going to be 100 percent safe or anything like that and your coaches can't go to their house and stuff like 
how are these people going to be prepared for these fights? What, what do you think? Like, I know you've seen people go in on short notice and stuff, but even... Well, you hear, you hear of footballers, like, be, being given out to for, like, you know, getting together and yeah. training. And it's probably going on in MMA as well, and all, and all athletes are out there just... You know, if you're a basketball player out there playing basketball, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're probably just doing it on the slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably are, in fairness, but sure. Look, we'll see how it goes anyway. Let's talk a little bit about the card. What do you think of this uh, Tony Ferguson-Justin Gaethje fight? Like, it's... <sighs> Ramadan, I believe, has started now, so Habib will be out for a, a good while. But, like, I understood if they were doing this the first time, you'll see... It's two. been uh, <laughs> 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 that's it he was just hard to... i understood this fight the first time when habib couldn't make it over but now the fact like that it's been delayed and you don't need this fight to kind of save the card it's a brilliant card like there's loads of really good fights and we'll get we'll get into them and we'll break them down next week i suppose as well but if this fight is really isn't needed right now why wouldn't you just wait and make ferguson versus gaethje what do you think or do you think you're just better off fucking make it ferguson versus habib you mean? For, for yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah, well, um, they probably just want to put on a big fight, and they have Tony Ferguson willing and willing and able, and they have Justin Gaethje willing and able. So why not just? They already have agreed to the fight. They probably just need to like you know amend the date on the contract and send it back over. It's probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah, and like they haven't. Like who who would you substitute? Who would you substitute in if Habib's not ready? If the Tony wants to fight. Uh, nobody <laughs> just have, wait, tell him to wait for Aviv. like you would you would just uh, substituting Gaethje like that that's the one that's the, the fight to make but uh, like why but if you, if you take Tony off the card who can you get in the main event you, you you want a big fight to come back with as well I think Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz is the co-man of India that's a pretty good fight I like that fight yeah to, to us it's great but to it's these little guys, these midgets to, to a lot of casuals, you know what I mean? Well, like, is Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje a big fight to casuals? I don't think it is. Yeah, well, like, more people would, like, hear about Ferguson on the, the Joe Rogan podcast constantly, and, you know, he's been in promos, he's he's meant to fight Habib, who people know. So I think he's more he's more well-known than a lot of guys at this moment. Um. Yeah, he probably is, I suppose, but... I don't know. It just feels like a like, and I'm I'm I'd rather this fight to be honest than the than the Habib versus Tony fight. But I just feel like this fight on short notice as well, as well as the fact that Habib versus Tony is the fight to make. Like, I, I I'm very much um <laughs> maybe part of the problem that people don't like with the whole sporting aspect that people want non-stop sporting merit. Does whoever deserves it should get the title shot next? Wh- whichever fight makes sense should 100% get it. And I'm not always with that. I want to see the fun fight more often than not. But with this, like Habib is obviously the best lightweight in the world. He's won what? 20- but, but in fairness, they they did try to put us together this fight like once or twice. Times. <laughs> Five times, like, yeah, they didn't. Very it's not as if like, uh like they're, they're screwing this guy, like Tony Ferguson. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it just won't happen for some unknown reasons. Yeah, that's that is <laughs> that is a fair point. For what do you think of uh, Dominic Cruz getting the title shot against Henry Sue? Obviously, Joe <laughs> Jose Aldo couldn't travel over from from um, Brazil, and even then, like getting him the title shot was a bit mad in the first place. What do you think about Cruz getting it? Yeah, well, uh, I don't like the fight for Cruz at all, but really? um, yeah, I think. I think he's lost a step a couple of years ago, a few years ago there when he fought like, and maybe it was injuries, but he, he's, he's always carrying injuries. He's just one of these, these fighters, one of these guys that he's just always going to be injured. I think mm-hmm. there's always going to be something going on. Um, and I think Cejudo's so fast and he's just so well-rounded. And I think maybe 
Dominic Cruz's time has has passed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm actually, you know, we'll break down the full fight next week, I suppose, because uh, I must go back and watch a bit of myself. But I feel like, I feel like in their prime, I think Dominic Cruz handles uh, Henry Cejudo, to be honest. But your 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 point is definitely correct that he's unlikely in his prime uh, right now. Um, like Cruz made a living off of beating small lads who are kind of good wrestlers and who he was a better striker than. And I know Henry Cejudo's striking has improved an awful lot, but I don't think he's as good as uh, as Dominic Cruz is now. But so, like, to me, that's an interesting fight. It probably shouldn't be made, but it is one of those fun ones that I, I don't mind getting behind. It's not a. Uh, it's definitely not like someone's getting. And not, like I think Yan obviously deserves it more than Cejudo, but he probably are uh, than. Um, than Cruz, uh, and I think Aljamain Sterling probably does as well, but, you know, on short notice and everything like this, it's it's not too bad. Uh, then we have Francis Ngannou versus Jarzino Rosenstruck, which we'll break down again next week, what a, what a great fight that is. Uh, Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens. who the fuck is that guy, brilliant fight. Uh, Greg Hardy, the asthmatic fight in the middle of a pandemic against uh, Jorgen De Castro. Uh, Anthony Pettis versus... <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at there? Why was that funny? <laughs> the asthmatic fighting in the middle of a pandemic. It's a fucking weird world we're living in. Like, we, we that, should, that, should be, that, is, that should be Hardy's new nickname. <laughs> it should be. Like, we, we're in a, and I don't want to get fucking political here, I think, but we're in a world where the president of America was asking a question about fucking drinking or injecting disinfectant. <laughs> What the fuck kind of world are we living in? Like, it's absolutely crazy. Oh god. Anyway, uh, Alexi Olnik versus Fabrizio Verdum, which they should put a. It, 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 the world is kind of like I don't know, like a <laughs> football or championship manager back in the day when like all the regens are like gone, and it's it's just there's no players left and things are just gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all fake name. It's like. It's like pure chaos. It's it's actually like a film. It's like if someone wrote a film like this, you wouldn't, you genuinely would not believe it. You would say it was too fucking unrealistic. Like it's like it's like an episode of fucking Rick and Morty or something. It's it's insane. Like I can't believe we're living. It's in, it's fucking mad to be living in this time. Like nothing makes sense. You don't know when you're gonna get out of it. You're just stuck in this fucking madness. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. With bog roll everywhere. Bog- <laughs> I've I've five hundred chicken fillets inside the freezer below that. It's fucking, oh god, it's madness. How long is it now since the bog roll phenomenon happened? Six weeks? Have you ran out of it yet? Just to live a lot of it? No, it's, <laughs> bog roll lasts a long time. I don't know what people were doing. <laughs> it does. Man. I I think people were thinking they were going to get locked in their houses and they wouldn't be allowed out. That was probably the thing, but. I don't know. Anyway, let that Alexi Olnik versus Verdum fight. Can we put? Can we genuinely put a roof on the cage for that one? Like that's that has kickboxing match written all over it. Nobody wants to see that. Just put him on the ground. Can we start the fight in the ground? We're getting crazy here. Olnik is going to get too tired after the yeah. first round if, if it's not over. <laughs> yeah, although Verdum has been out for like two years, he must be shoving on now as well. But Olnik's like fucking nine hundred and twelve years old, so maybe he'll know. just run across the cage and actually land that jumping kick thing that he does at the start yeah, of most fights he might uh, that's actually geez that's a good uh, that's a good shout actually what about Verdum by knockout I'd say oh we'll have to do a fucking betting show for this as well when we get back again Jesus we might be able to use Zoom fantastic uh, Carla Esparza versus Michelle Watterson oh, that's a pretty good fight I think Esparza has improved a good bit since uh, since she lost her title Well, and maybe a couple of years after that as well she's not still not brilliant but I think that'll be a good fight with Watterson Jacare versus Hall 
Graham, I have a feeling that Uriah Hall is going to beat Jacare, and I might say exact the exact opposite next week, but I just feel like mm-hmm. he'd be able to stop the takedown he, and kick him in the head or something. He might have some success early, but he he does take a while to kind of get his rhythm going as well, Uriah Hall, and I think if he does get taken down, that'll just be the a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true as well. Uh, and we'll obviously break down this in full. The Mitchell versus Rosa. I always love seeing Charles Rosa fight and Span versus Alvi. Graham, I have a question for you. Right. <clears throat> You're a person who's always of the opinion, right? And you correct me if I'm wrong, that the greatest ever, right, is the best right now. Would you agree with that? Um, Around the time, it might be like, you know, somebody wins a title. Um, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know like, what you mean. Ha- but like the, mo- the modern a, fighters. A modern, like- around the five-year period, approximately. Okay, actually. so here's a question for you. Who's the best fighter, the greatest fighter ever, to never fight in the UFC? Um, a lot of people would probably say Fedor, but yeah, that's te- technically, you know, he his his game doesn't really hold up now. I don't think. Um, to never find the UFC, it's, it's probably somebody we've never even heard of, or somebody obscure, um, young guy, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Um, let me try to think. Um. One of the Bellator prospects, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Michael Chandler, maybe? Yeah, it could be Michael Chandler, but there's, there's probably somebody out there who could beat Michael Chandler. AJ McKee? Could be him. Could be him. MVP, mm. Fabian Edwards. Douglas Lima has never fought in the UFC, is he? Yeah, Douglas Lima is a good shout. Mm-hmm. MVP is another good shout. It'd be very interesting to see him. Like, I'd love to see him uh, against you know all of the top 15, 20 in the UFC. Wonder It'd be by. absolutely brilliant. Mm. Like I, I've 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 talked about it before in the podcast, but I feel like now is the time for MVP to go to the UFC. Like I'd love to see, he's done what he needs to do in Belder. Okay, he could go in and win the title again or something, but I think now is the time for MVP to get to the UFC. I'd lo- like imagine him versus Wanderboy or him versus you know loads of them. Him versus Robbie Lawler. Imagine MVP versus Jeff Neal or Anthony Pettis or fucking Massive Adal or what like those are some fucking Cerrone, fights. Or Cerrone. any of them, like you know, yeah. anybody. Yeah. I'd lo- I'd love to see all of those fights, but yeah, it's- you, know, you know, I'd pick them to win uh, probably the majority of the fights of the top twenty guys in, in the division. Yeah, and the thing about MVP as well is like, okay, he got that one big test against Douglas Lima and he got knocked out, but like it was, I'm not saying it's a lucky knockout or anything, but that knockout the same way, it's it's not as if he got you know like Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz where he got totally you know outwilled and out tactic and everything by a you know by a, a a better fighter on the night. That that didn't really happen now and take nothing away from Douglas Lima. I'm a huge fan of Douglas Lima. He's absolutely brilliant. But like that's the only loss of his career so far. And I still think MVP could be one of the one of the best fighters in the world. But it's, like I think it's an interesting time because like that debate is a debate before that would have been maybe pretty easy. We have Fedor and, and that's that. But like now with Bellator, PFL have a, a few guys but you know nothing really because a lot of them kinda go to the UFC and uh, you know, it's you know, it's an interesting time as well with a lot of the young guys like AJ McKee and Patrick Mix and Fabian Edwards and James Gallagher and all the guys from this side of the world being picked up by Bellator, where maybe in the future that will actually be something like let's say Fabian Edwards rises and becomes one of the best fighters in the world and he's still at Bellator. Like that's a very interesting debate then about like all world championships and all that. So it's uh 
it's uh, it's an interesting one to look at going forward, I suppose. It'd be, it'd be so hard to know if he was the best fighter in yeah. the world if he was stayed in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, MVP for example, you mentioned him. Like, okay, he got knocked out by by Douglas Lima, but mm-hmm. you know that can happen to anybody. Yeah. Like that can you know you could be you could be the best and that can happen. Like so, it doesn't mean oh. It, okay he stepped up and got and, and lost quickly you could make that assumption but i don't think it is that i don't think that's the case i think he he just you know i think if they fight 10 times he probably wins more than, than lima wins to be honest i agree as well yeah but i yeah i agree and i think lima is fantastic but yeah that fight kind of needs to be made again i think but uh we'll see how it goes in here right the next thing here graham how who when does conor mcgregor fight next like to, now Habib see, uh, when does anybody what? fight next it's just so hard to know like uh, if this event goes ahead we'll probably know more if it goes ahead without without a hitch without um a disaster yeah um we'll know more so uh maybe by the end of may we'll kind of things might be back to normal in terms of the ufc schedule and we'll be able to kind of uh, the 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 cars will kind of be able to come together a bit better, but I I don't know if that's going to happen. Like uh, it all depends on on these shows next month. I think it's an interesting one as well because like without fans in attendance, and you know a paper the pay per view market right for like a ten twelve million gate that you're not gonna you're not gonna get yeah and especially can you make that up can you make that up on TV? Especially McGregor's gates are absolutely fucking huge, and it, like. Right now, we're living in a world where the, <laughs> everything is volatile, right? We don't know who's going to watch what or what. You think, like, everyone sitting at home, they're going to watch it or they're going to listen to podcasts or whatever. That's not the case. And you look at the WWE's the only live thing basically going on now. Their numbers have fallen steadily since this has happened. People are not just staying home and watching it. It's it's a weird time. Plus, we have this ESPN thing where, um, you know, it's it's gone where it's all online now and everything. Like, if I was the UFC right now... What I'd be doing is I'd be planning Conor McGregor's next fight and I would be going to to ESPN and saying, look, we need to strike a deal with, with TV channels. We need to get back on regular pay-per-view for at least this McGregor pay-per-view if we try but to get about, him back. What about Conor? You know, he's put, took a stance of we need to be locked down, we need to close airports. We like, Yeah. You know, I've got no additional information and haven't seen him since before those videos, but... Mm-hmm. Like from what we heard of him last, it doesn't seem like he's in in a rush to to get back out there. That's very true. But sh- I, uh, what's he in a rush for? Like anyway, because who's who's he actually going to fight? Like I don't think McGregor is the type of guy. And at this point, anyway, maybe in his career, who's going to take a fight on like two weeks' notice? You know, let's say everything in Ireland says right, lads, we can get back on. Not going to happen. But let's say it happens in a month's time. Like is McGregor going to take it on fucking two weeks' notice without having trained with anyone? <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I just don't feel like he's, he's going to do that at this stage of his career. Why would he jeopardize that? Like, So I think they're going to have time to plan for it and have time to, to kind of get it going. But like, the problem is then, like, they're going to... F- look, the UFC are going to plow forward. They're going to find ways of doing it. Even if they get even if this event next week is cancelled, they're going to find ways of doing it. They're going to get back to Vegas. Hopefully Ireland will be better but before them. And will McGregor be able to f- fly to Vegas? Will he f- you know, find it okay? I don't know. We'll... Uh, these things will all have to be decided, but like that's there's still a, like a, what a six month period here, maybe even longer, where Tony Ferguson is fighting Gaethje, Habib's in the middle of Ramadan, and it looks like then the winner of that will fight Habib maybe towards the end of the year. Like uh, McGregor's next opponent, you know, we thought might be Gaethje, or it might be Habib, or if Tony beat Habib, maybe it would be Tony. 
but all those people are fighting each other now. Who's it going to be next? Like, is but it... Gaethje, you know, um, Gaethje and Ferguson both will probably be ready to go again pretty soon after. Yeah. yeah. But when he fights someone coming off a loss like that. Yeah, well, like if 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 it got him in a position to to fight Habib next, if, if the UFC, you know, it's, you said it's not all uh, you said earlier, it's not all about sporting merit at all. Like you know, it's trying to make big fights, and you can you can lose. It's not like boxing where if you lose one, you're 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 out of the picture. You can you can get straight back in there. Just the timing of the card or being ready or the name value. A lot of factors go into it that are nothing to do with sporting merit. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And like, I think the thing as well about McGregor is, um, I still think, and I've said it for a long time, that he needs a couple of fights to get back to the best of where he was, you know, and and not just a couple of fights, but a couple of camps as well. Um, and th- that's a big problem because he hasn't been in camp training because he can't because no one can be. Yeah. Like well, he said, he, he said before the Cerrone fight, he wanted to be to be active, you know. Yeah. But it's just it's just kind of it's it's been taken out of everybody's hands. It's yeah. just the the, the, the cards you've been dealt, uh, we've been dealt, as as they say. What would you think then of something like let you know Cerrone's fighting Anthony Pettis here uh, next week? What, what if Anthony Pettis wins that fight? What about McGregor versus Pettis? Like I I've wanted that fight for a good while. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think Pettis was the lightweight champion, kind of when McGregor was was making yeah. his making his name. So there was a lot of talk about that fight, and it was I remember there was promos and all people were making fans were making. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely um, there's definitely people that want that fight, but uh, you know it's as good a fight as any. But I, I do think the the Gaethje fight is a is a better fight. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Diaz right now, and like Diaz, the Diaz fight. If all you know if let's say we can all he can fight in four months or whatever it is and Gaethje or Ferguson are fighting Habib and he needs someone to fight like I, I've said all along you should leave the Diaz fight as long as possible it'll always be there when you badly need something and I think badly need something is probably after the Habib fight again where Habib you know more than likely beats him you know maybe he won't but I think if, like you should keep that Diaz fight at all costs, I think. I, I don't think now would be the right time for it, although it's the most obvious one now. But I think now is the time for that, that Pettis sort of step. You know, the name that people want um, with the kind of ease of opponent, maybe, that you need to get forward. And, you know, I think Andy Stevens said on the podcast we did during the week there that McGregor has always been a guy who likes to kind of close things up, if you know what I mean. Like, he, he fought Cerrone because everyone said that... Um, he wanted to fight Cerrone, and I think Andy suggested RDA as well might be another one, but you know because of the one seventy thing as well. But Pettis will fight at one seventy. Well, they already fight to make the RDA fight twice. Yeah. It didn't happen. RDA is kind of out of the picture a bit now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and I think that's the issue with that. But if Cerrone does beat, um, or Pettis does beat Cerrone, that could be the one. But what, what do you think of an eight fight? Like, do you think that is a, an I, option? I, 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 I think keep it in the back pocket. Yeah, I think it's not. There's not like there's options now. It's not necessary. It's not like the last the last resort. Like it is going to always be a big fight, but it's uh, it's one you can do kind of anytime, mm-hmm. anytime at all. Like and you, you, I don't think uh, obviously it will it will do big numbers and all that, but I I, I think Conor is probably more focused on trying to get that Habib fight, and I don't know if that Nate fight really really helps too much in in that. It'll probably be a welterweight fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just keep it, Frankie Edgar. Let's make it happen. Get Frankie, <laughs> Frankie on. Let, let's do. And he's been see? dodging him. He's been dodging him for five years, hasn't he? <laughs> who, Frankie or Connor? Um, <laughs> who's been dodging him? Depends who. You, or no, uh, Connor. <laughs> Connor's been dodging him. Oh yeah, it depends who side you're on. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but like it's. 
as we as we say with every now, there's that asterisk alongside, like Liverpool's title win. There's an asterisk alongside. <laughs> it. What, what do you think they're going to do with that? Do you think they're going to play these Premier League games or what's the guy? Yeah, I think they will, just because um, all the implications of like relegation, promotion, Champions League, all that stuff. Um, I think, like you know, it's more likely that they just scrap, like. Uh, just the summer start date for the for the Premier League and just move it to like whenever this is ready to go and just that can be the new season from from now forward. Yeah. Calendar wise. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know what's going to happen to be honest. Like, I haven't a clue. But there's always going to be an asterisk inside Liverpool's uh, title win anyway. So that's going to be fantastic for me especially. Uh, it's uh, it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll answer a couple of questions, but another couple of bits of news. Um, I'm just looking here. It says. Uh, Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira Overeem versus Harris is uh, expected to headline the May 13th and 16th cards um, USADA said Ariel tweeted last night that they said they're going to try uh, whatever they can to test which is fucking I don't know do we do we really need that uh, and the other part as well is PFL have suspended I think everything this year but are giving people a stipend uh, and I believe the number reported was a thousand dollars a month, which that's fantastic, isn't it? You have to say like, oh, you know, it's not loads like two hundred and fifty dollars a week, which is you know what, one hundred and fifty quid or two hundred quid or whatever, which you know, it's a lot better than fucking nothing. It's no, better no. than a fucking kick in the hole, like it a hundred percent is. So fair play to for a, a, you know a, an organization that's not making lots of money. I'd say for them to do that, fair, absolutely fair, fucking play to them. Like that's what the UFC should be doing right now, um, but they're not. That's what Bellator should be doing as well. I don't think they've given people uh, stipends, and also the UFC as well. Um, I think uh, Trent Ryan Smith tweeted out, but I think Ariel was the one who reported that um, the the UFC only paid the UFC London fighters twenty thousand. Um, and that was like the top so maybe whoever if you're on 10 and 10 you only got 10 or if you're on like 100 grand for your fight you only got 20,000 so they're not even paying fighters all their show money which is which is pretty fucking bad in fairness and like the UFC like WWE somehow have gotten worse than the UFC in the last while but the UFC are one of the just the dirtiest organizations in the world in terms of not giving an absolute fuck and the biggest problem is I know we discussed it last week I discussed it with Phil I think and I discussed it with you the week before as well but uh, Endeavor is apparently in in bad 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 trouble and the UFC has been their golden goose for a long time and they really need them to struggle so I'm sure there is you know pressure coming from them uh, as well and you know dana doesn't need that pressure and i'd say he'd probably be doing it himself anyway but that's definitely another thing uh to to think about here so it's uh you know it's all been a bit uh a bit crazy but however right let's answer a couple of questions graham before we go uh kevin doherty uh just seen someone post this on twitter so i'll send it here if you disregard their records who has the better skill set demetrius johnson or john jones graham mm. this is an easy question demetrius johnson mm-hmm. definitely like the demetrius johnson john jones is a great fucking fighter like but like his size and his phys- physical attributes 100 percent definitely help him um to become the great fighter he has along with an unbelievable fighting mind and an ability to um to develop a game plan with his coaches and Brandon Gibson is an absolute genius, I think, uh, as well, and and uh, Winkle John and and Greg Jackson as well in in his uh, in his corner. Um, 
but Demet- like Demetrius Johnson can do everything. Like he's a fucking jujitsu whiz. He's knockout. Like he he knocked out Joseph Benavides, who you know is a fantastic fighter. Was probably the best. Um, was probably the best fighter in the world along with him at the time. He he submitted Wilson Hayes, didn't he? He submitted B- BJJ black belts as well. Anyway, he's like submitted the best jujitsu guys in the division. He like he beat Kyoji Haraguchi. Ray Borge. Ray, Bo- <laughs> Ray Borge. He beat Kyoji Haraguchi, who went on to be a fucking two division, two promotion champion. He beat Henry Cejudo twice. We all know it. Who went on to be a fucking triple triple C champ, Olympic fucking medalist. I think people look at Demetrius Johnson's record, right, and they try to downgrade as much as uh, as they want. But maybe I've done the exact opposite there, which I probably have in fairness. But I think his record is a lot better than people would fucking admit. Uh, and John Jones is a very good record, too. He's beaten a lot of legends. Um, and he's beaten Daniel Cormier, who is kind of a maybe a current legend or one that's only happened um, and kind of come along in the last couple of years. Um, and take absolutely nothing away from him. But, like... I think people try to downgrade Demetrius Johnson's ability because of the level of competition, where you would have to be a blind man not to see his ability. Like, his ability is second to none. We've never seen another MMA fighter close to his ability. None. Absolutely none. John Jones might be more dominant. Habib might be and, more and dominant. Cejudo's not close. Not. No, I don't think he is. Like, Demetrius Johnson won that fight, and he was coming off of a fucking shoulder injury. He was out for a good while. I'm a Demetrius Johnson stand here. I'm just going <laughs> to... Stand up for Demetrius Johnson here, but I truly believe that anyway. Well, do you do you agree with me? Do you not think there, do you think there was someone close? Conor McGregor, yeah, you'd yeah. say, of course. I, 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 I think I think Henry Zahudo, like that fight was razor razor close. I think Henry Zahudo is getting better all the time. I, I I don't think Demetrius Johnson was finished getting better when he left the UFC. Like it's hard to kind of know where he, where he's at now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's fighting guys we don't really know. Um, at strange weights and. You know, and kind of dropped off the radar, uh, the MMA radar a lot, a bit. Um, so, uh, I'd say, like, you know, a few years ago, he was kind of way ahead of the pack. Then it kind of, maybe the pack caught up with him a little bit, but maybe, maybe that was a shoulder injury. Maybe it wasn't. We don't really know. We'll probably, we'll probably never know now. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Hopefully, he'll come back to the UFC and just reclaim his crown. There's still... Uh... That crown is still there and no one yeah, took well, it. So. A lot of stranger things have happened, you know, guys yeah. who have like bad marriage had public feuds and wars and court cases with Dana White and the UFC have, have come back and you know, so yeah, Demetrius Johnson true. hasn't really burnt any bridges. No, yeah, he could he could come back. Um there was actually a thing the other day, and I think Sean Dini asked the question, but you see there's like Dana White's running this fan competition where a fan's gonna like be flown into the Las Vegas office, I think, and he's gonna help in a a planning meeting and they're gonna allow one fan to match make a fight. <laughs> Which is like, oh god, is MMA a sport? Probably not at this stage. But if you, but like if if, if <laughs> a match makes a fight, like what, like Daniel Cormier versus Henry Cejudo, yeah, <laughs> make it fucking happen. Make it happen. What would be the fight? Let, let's say you have to do it in a division, right? And maybe you have to get like Sean Shelby to agree or something. What would be the fight that you would put on that you would make? Mm, I'd like a little bit more time to think about yeah. it, but. Uh... <laughs> Um, Wonder Boy and Connor will be up there. Oh, really? So my favorite fighter against your favorite fighter? That did cause a bit of fucking tension here, Graham. Maybe it's serious. I'd like to love to see the striking there. Like I'd I'd love to see that. Who do you think could win? I think Connor would win just with the the left hand. Uh, I think uh, I think the boxing is the kind of the weakness of of Thompson's game. Yeah, but is it though? Like, how would 
how did McGregor get there? Like, Wonderboy's a lot bigger than McGregor and uses his... Yeah, he's a lot bigger than Pettis as well, though. Yeah, but that was a fucking lucky punch. <laughs> Come on, we all know that was a lucky punch. What board. are you saying about my boy? <laughs> you're attacking Demetrius Johnson first. Now you're attacking Wonderboy. What, the, what have I done to you like? There's no need for it. Who's next? For, for Big Fran. Uh, Big, Big Fran. truck <laughs> is coming for him, is he? Uh, yeah. I, like, I don't know why, but the fight I'd like to make is... Uh, and this is a stupid fight, I think, but still, TJ Dillashaw versus uh, Uriah Faber. Like I, I don't know, and I was I. It's well, because, uh, uh, I kind of was thinking yeah. I'll make one that we, probably won't happen otherwise. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that could happen anyway. But what about a teammate fight then? Who are who are two teammates that probably wouldn't fight? I never really cared about that, like kind of yeah. Especially when that Rashad John Jones on my show shit like that just turned into fucking bore fest. <laughs> yeah. Except for Greg Jackson leaving leaving Rashad after the two pictures of each other yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that was hilarious. It's like John Jones is better. Ah, go on, Rashad. Go, go ahead, just leave. We know John Jones is the future. Oh, you're don't. injured, are you? Yeah. John Jones, that time. Oh, yeah. Way better, anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's only six weeks to train. Be grand. He'll be fine. We know. We everyone knows he's gonna win. Uh, I don't know what the fuck. Uh, um, Willie Zhang. I know. Oh yeah, Willie Zhang versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Maybe I don't know. We were actually talking myself and Andy did an Irish MMA special the other day, and we we're talking about what fights you'd make. In Irish MMA, between like Irish MMA fighters, who I think uh, Andy said, um, Ian Gary versus Richard Kiley. I know Patrick's always on about Richard Kiley versus mm. Dylan Dennis. I, li- I like both of those fights, to be honest. Is Dylan Dennis Irish MMA? Ah, well, he kind of is. He's SVG trained. If you great. Artem is Irish, you know, Amir Khan is Irish. We're claiming them all. Dylan would be a fun one to put in there, I suppose. Who, uh, yeah, who who would be the best? Who would be your ideal opponent for for Dylan out of, from Irish MMA? Richard Kiley. It has to be Richard Kiley versus Dylan Dennis. Imagine the amount of shit they talk. I know they're both SPG and whatever, but like, get over that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else or? I don't know. What do you think? I'm what fights think. you make? What about uh, James Gallagher versus Paul Hughes? Mm, no. No. No, I, I wouldn't. I, I want to see. I want to. I wouldn't want to put them together. I, I don't know. I, I always. Oh, but we that's what we're doing before. here. Like we're doing putting them together. Like, that's yeah, no. But who would I want to put together? Is, yeah. is what you asked. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a tough one. Um, nothing really comes to mind uh, that like I've been waiting to to oh. see that that I haven't seen. What about uh, Peter Queeley versus Redzer? Yeah, it, it sounds like a good fight, but uh, you know, it's not. Exactly, you know, a fight I've been, I've been waiting for. Fuck, you so you don't, you just uh, Graham Graham McDonald, the the fucking founder of Severe Med, just doesn't give a shit about Irish MMA anymore. That's what. Is that, is that no, I just, I know, I just never kind of was in. I, I never thought it was necessary for kind of similar quality or similar kind of prospect guys from Ireland fighting each other, and one of them kind of taking a backward step when maybe they could just fight somebody else and keep on winning and building up in the process like you know uh, for years people wanted Connor and Norman to fight like and uh, like uh, it would have been a good fight or whatever but I was never really like oh I really want this fight to happen you know what I mean I never I never really uh, I never really thought about it like that I always thought like the, the more the, the more better records or the, the better records, the more chance of more guys get getting to the UFC or getting to these big shows. But do you think that the we've changed a little bit now where, you know, it's it's easy to get the Bellator now if you're in Ireland. Well, mate, as long as you're an SBG, I suppose. But there's a, there's a, few, uh, <laughs> there's a few from everywhere else in there as well. But like, like let, let's say, let's say Artem. Artem versus Redzer. How about that? That'd be a good fight. Yeah, that'd be a good fight, yeah. yeah that'd that be a good fight. Yeah. 
Artem against basically anybody who would be a good fight, though. I love a bit of Artem. He's a, like Artem will fight Artem, anyone. Artem versus Miles Jury. It'd be some good build up for that, I'd say. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Miles, or, Miles not Price. Miles Jury, Miles Price. That would be a good fight. Yeah, Miles Price. Like, Miles Price has just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. He beat Peter Quigley, like, and Peter Quigley has just taken off. And Miles Price has just kind of gone nowhere. You know, that Kiefer fight was going around. He was supposed to fight Alfie Davis, I believe. Like, Miles had great momentum there, and it's just all kind of gone. That's very unfortunate, like, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm sure like all these things were kind of these storylines and these narratives and the, the interest in these fights will pick back up when there's a realistic kind of chance of, of shows happening and these guys being booked on these shows. Yeah, there's some mad narratives going on. But anyway, last thing I suppose we better finish up here. It looks like um, it looks like UFC Dublin is not going to happen. I know we kind of mentioned it earlier on, but like that's a that's a big blow isn't it for Irish MMA we talked a few months ago about how Irish MMA was just about to kind of pick up again we had Bellator coming back we had but could, they, could they just do 5,000 people with 4,999 people instead of 9,000 people and just stick it on ESPN get their get their money get these fighters fights not set, like half arena we've seen it before with other with other promotions in Who, the, the point who's going to be on the card if you offer UFC contract to a lot of guys in the UK and Ireland, I think they'd be taking it. Yeah, but like there isn't enough fighters to put on a quality UFC card here. Like, and we're still in that at that time. We're still probably going to be in the position where we can't fly in people from the UK or from America or from anywhere else. Maybe we can get them in from Germany and other places, but. I don't think Ireland, even in, in that stage... We get, we, get, we get them a job picking strawberries. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they can quit the next day. They can quarantine in Keelings for fucking two months and then we, they can fight in the UFC. Just come in on the flight and just quit. I, just yeah, ah, fuck it. We won't bother. <laughs> get them a job picking strawberries. UFC Dublin, sponsored by Keeling Strawberries. Oh... Yeah, but uh, it's unfortunate, like, it's because, it, like, it was such, it was, I remember we were talking at the start of the year, like, it was like, or maybe not the start of the year, maybe February, whenever it was, time is an abstract fucking thing now, but, like, we had the UFC, we had Bellator, we had Cage Legacy putting on a few cards coming up, we had two Cage Warriors cards, you know, uh, Ian Gary, Reese McKee coming through, Reese McKee probably going to the UFC, you know, Joe McCulligan fought for a title there just before it started, Paul Hughes fucking setting the world alight, you know, James Galler, Kiefer Crosby, Liam McCourt, Sinead do, 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 do you think Paul Hughes is setting the world alight or do you think it's it's just Irish and UK MMA or do you think it's kind of, he does have a, uh, like, you know, he's if for example he was... We, if he was some like Polish guy or whatever, that he's got enough thing that we we would know his name and be following him, or he's crossed yeah. over kind of out of the the regional scene I, to the European scene or the international scene. Yeah, I don't think he has, uh, in terms of like people knowing him, but I think he has in terms of his ability to fight. Like Paul Hughes is brilliant. Like he is, honestly, he is. He's. I think he's the best young Irish MMA fighter coming up at the moment. Like he is. Ooh, what about your boy? Who's my boy? You know who your boy is. <laughs> Who, James Gallagher, is it? Who, no, is you it? know who your boy is. <laughs> I don't know. Richard Kiley. Oh, Ian Gary. Oh, yeah, he's good. Oh, yeah, he's good as well. That lad is good. <laughs> you forgot about your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't say it. Like, let's be But no, I, like, but I think Paul Hughes is further along in his development. Like, there's a thing about development in MMA fighters, whether you're Irish, English, fucking Brazilian, whatever you are, where you you we see young lads coming up and good lads and the, the two lads who are uh, open the Bellator card I put the two of them in it as well like who's Asel was one of them and well, Team Rhino guy versus T, uh, versus SBG guy both brilliant fighters uh for O and O fighters 
but there's a development level where you move from one stage to the next stage to the next stage to the next stage. And I think Paul Hughes, he like Paul Hughes came in his first fight in Bama, wasn't it? And he destroyed the guy. Was it Adam Gustav? Just ma- made mince meat out of him. Then yeah, he had, it was like a minute or two on the feed, wasn't it? Yeah, and then he had like three fucking broken hands. He was out for a good bit, and he came back and he looked brilliant again. His ground game seemed to have improved. I think he even, I think, did he? I think he even had broken hands before that fight were, as an yeah, amateur. Yeah. I think, I think that that, that broken hands problem has been going on for a long time. Yeah, but he seems to have gotten over that now, and like I feel like that time off helped him maybe develop as a person and develop uh, his, you know, his his fighting brain and just look at different things. Like, Dominic Cruz always talked about that doing it. And I remember him, ta- I think I interviewed uh, Paul Hughes and asked him about Dominic Cruz and he said that was someone he looked at as well. And like, if you, like, if you turn like a negative like that into a positive, I think it can hugely benefit you. And it seems to have done that for Paul Hughes. And I think that will stand him in good stead. And like, I think... Uh, I think Paul Hughes is ready. Now, I might, I might be going a little bit overboard, but I, I think he's ready for those big fights. And I think he's ready you know, to make that next step. And he's only, what, four or five think, fights in. Okay, you think he's ready, but do you think he should? Do you think he should just take the next step as soon as he can? Or do you think it's better to, to just take the, to take his time? What I like, what I think the best thing for Paul Hughes would be now, and Ian Dean know this a lot better than me, or Paul, you know, Paul Hughes and his team or whatever. I think the best step for Paul Hughes would be three or four more cage warriors fights before you even to get to a cage warriors title but i think if they're putting him right into a cage warriors title in the next couple of shots whether it's you know mads burnell or morgan sharia or actually I'd, i don't know i think he'd beat morgan sharia but um what's the other fighter again um there's someone else there as well whose name i can't think of but i actually think rather than giving him a fight like that and i think mads burnell especially he's a brilliant <laughs> fighter i think he'd be better off going to the ufc and we've had this debate debate before but i think there's a a level in the UFC, which is a little bit below that very top level of the UFC, which I think are a top level of cage warriors, which I think he'd just strive in for a few years before he, he started rising. But for a few levels. years, do you think if he goes in there and does as well as you seem to think he would, like probably get a finish and then another finish maybe against these lower level guys in the UFC, and then all of a sudden he's this undefeated Irish guy who's finishing everybody, and there's no way it's going to be a two or three years before he steps up uh, to the, yeah, the major or the upper echelon. That's a good point as well. And that's why I think the, the few more fights in cage warriors would be the best option. Like, I, I say this an awful lot, and what if he just like you know he yeah. stays there, establishes himself as the Cage Warriors champion, mm-hmm. can can stay undefeated or one loss, two loss over the maximum over the next few years, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, obviously, he wants to start making money, and uh, I don't know the guy personally like to know this, but uh, you know all these MMA guys they, they need money, so yeah. uh, Cage Warriors don't exactly pay the best. But maybe if if you're kind of like the next big thing like Paddy Pimblet or whatever in their mind you get paid obviously uh, on a different scale than nearly every other Cage Warriors fighter so if they can work out some deal like that I, I think it would be beneficial to Paul Hughes to try and establish himself as, as a Cage Warriors champion or even a even a two ace Cage Warriors champion depending yeah. on how, how, how he grows mm-hmm. I, I agree I agree with that but yeah I th- it's a, it's a difficult I think it's a difficult situation with values I think because you have to, I think you have to be careful with the prospects going up like that and there's a, you know a few different steps like to me the best thing for him would be to take a year and get three fights four fights and fight for the cage wars title and then move on but like the problem is them that might see 
there's going to be uh, if there isn't a rush if he goes to the UFC and there isn't a rush I think he'll be perfect if he go, uh, if he stays in cage wires and there isn't a rush I think he'll be perfect as well but if he's rushed there could be that and uh, like I think he's mentally strong enough even if he does take a loss and he's good enough to, to bounce back from it as you said but like he's lost before an amateur as well it's not like yeah. a completely new thing no, to him you know but there is that danger you know you mentioned Paddy Pimble like Paddy Pimble has lost and he's just kind of got stuck in cage wires I know he's earning good money and stuff as well but you know the momentum is not building anymore behind no, him yeah. like yeah people people aren't clamoring to see Paddy Pimblett in, in the UFC anymore and that'll probably change you know if he gets a few fights under his belt he's only had one in the last fucking two years or whatever um, so you know I think it's a very uh, new time in MMA where you can actually kind of decide your career path more now than you ever had before like Paul Hughes could have gone to Bellator I'm sure and got lots of big fights and you know fought loads of times in Bellator and, and be making lots of money but he decided to go this route and I think when you decide to go that route you have to go fully into it and um, you know work your way up and improve and become that brilliant fighter that you want to be and then move on but you know it's interesting to see how it works out over, over the next while but yeah I don't know how we got into a big debate about Paul Hughes <laughs> there, there you go anyway that was fun who do you, who do you think is the best young fighter coming up on Irish MMA as well yeah, it's it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with Paul Hughes. Like he's, you know, finishing people, um, dominating people on kind of every aspect of of the game. Obviously, he needs to step up, um, or we need to see him step up to answer answer some questions. Like you know, uh, we've seen prospects before who we think are going to go all the way and they don't, and we've seen guys who maybe you don't think are going to go all the way and they improve rapidly. So it's always hard to know. But I think he he him and and your your boy Ian Gary are definitely the two standout guys. But I do think I do. Think I think you're correct in saying <laughs> saying that um, Paul Hughes is definitely kind of um, uh, slightly further uh, on his his journey in MMA. He's slightly more experienced and uh, probably closer to like a, for example a Cage Warriors title than, than Gary is. Even though Gary could easily you know the performance if he puts on performances he could be there quickly quickly as well. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe injuries will happen to Paul Hughes or Ian Gary and slow them down or the other way yeah. around. But I do think they're both great prospects, and I, I think we do have some other good prospects as well. And you, you forget about you can easily forget about guys like Reese McKee, who are who is another guy who, as you mentioned, kind of would would be able to handle himself against a lot of the guys in the division in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I do think Paul Hughes though just the way the way he's fighting and the way he's finishing and dominating people is probably the most exciting. And yeah. but it is, it is it's, it's always so hard to know. Like you know, for example, Dylan Chuke, like, you know, he yeah. started off his career brilliant and it all kind of went downhill. Obviously, it's still early days and he can make a comeback, but it, maybe it wasn't the the blister through the through the the local scene and the, that we thought it would be, you know, and maybe that can happen with Paul Hughes as well. Who knows? Yeah, and it like there's a tendency maybe as well to forget the guys in in Bellator because. They're not really moving, like, because we, we look at Paul Hughes and we say, what's he going to do? Is he going to move to a title shot? Is he going to move to the UFC? Same with Ian Gary, same with maybe Joe McCulligan. He got his title shot already. We, we look at um, Ian Gary, whoever, and all those lads coming through. And John Mitchell as well is another guy I must mention. I think he's a really, really good prospect as well. Um, but we can't, that, there really isn't that in Bellator, is there? Like, where... Uh, maybe Peter Queeley is the one guy kind of moving on, but he's not a young prospect coming through. He, Peter Queeley said, what, 20 fights at this stage, or 19, 17, 18 fights, whatever it is. There's a lot of numbers thrown out there, but, like, you know, maybe Kiefer Crosby will get the Sarn back fight, and that'll move him forward, or maybe another big fight, and maybe some of the other guys coming through will get that, that big fight, but, like, it's they're a long, long way off of moving kind of to the next level, 
uh, of a th- I like a, a Bellator title fight is the next level for those guys or a Bellator headlining event and maybe a lot of Marin you know um, Liam McCork got there and Kiefer Crosby will probably get there soon enough as well but it's it's easier I think for us and maybe that's unfair on the people in Bellator but it's easier for us to talk about those people progressing because we can see those actual steps of progression happening but you know I suppose that's a, ch- a chat for another day anyway right Thanks everybody for listening. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Mail Podcast. 8 o'clock on Tuesday. Be there. I'll send you the link. The link will be up on Patreon. You click it. You go in. You'll be there. Download Zoom. Download the app. And uh, you can ask us questions. And there'll be fighters in there. And there'll be lots of different people in there. Talking shit. Drinking cans. Get, get your harp ready. Get it on ice. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be there. This is probably only going to happen once twice again ever maybe so now is your time if you're not there at eight o'clock on tuesday you will never ever see it so there you go that's that's the (laughs) that's what we have for you coming up graham it's been a joy it's been a pleasure hope you uh you're all yourself and the family and everyone this better be good now on tuesday after all the the hype (laughs) you've given like I, it I'm, could have been just a freak, a fluke one off. Brilliant show, and, and uh, this next week is going to be absolutely horrific. So uh, yeah. if that happens, uh, we'll get at a, Sean Sheehan be <laughs> We'll get Ian on Eel to tell stories again. It'll be fantastic. That was the that was the best part of the last one. Anyway, was, yeah, you tr- you try to stop him, but not being able to. It was very funny as well. <laughs> Couldn't yeah, and you just left, like abandoned me in the fucking middle of it. What the fuck? But you came back anyway. But yeah. Like it could be, I don't know. It, it it could go anywhere. This is wild west MMA stuff. Like this is absolutely insane. I could blow up in my fucking face, and I could run out of questions after about five minutes. But sure, that'd be brilliant as well. But I don't think it will. The last time we could have kept going for about four hours. The, the question everybody's been waiting for is: uh, you, you kind of hinted, teased a, a fake retirement. What, what's yeah. what's uh, have you got a statement to to your <laughs> to your fans? Yeah, that like that retirement is. It could still be coming. Like it could still be coming. I, I like. Do you know what the weird thing is, right? And not to get into a whole fucking other debate as well. But I was watching the fight last night, uh, and Brian Stan was commentating it, and I was like a little bit jealous of Brian Stan, the fact that he got out of MMA. And like, I look at Patrick Wyman, and I follow him on Twitter. I was like, oh, man, he doesn't have to talk about MMA anymore. <laughs> a little bit, jealous. and I love MMA. Like I, and I, I, you know, if I if I got out and I wasn't talking about it, I'd fucking miss it, and I'd come straight back in. So I, it was a proper MMA retirement, but. Like, I'm a little bit jealous of them that they're not stuck up in the fucking shitness of this sport. And, like, you know, I'm doing what I was giving out to people about doing earlier on as well. Because, like, most of it's positive. You know, everyone listening to this podcast and everyone coming in on Zoom and everyone signed up on Patreon. And 99% of people online and who I meet at events and everything are fucking lovely people, really nice. But, I don't know, there's a lot of shitness that comes with it as well, which I just don't enjoy. Like, and uh, I don't know. I think I need to do a better job of, like, avoiding the the shit i don't like um but you can't do that in that position as well because then you're not fucking covering or talking about everything you need to be talking about but i don't know what do you think about my fake retirement it's just it's just like every other mma retirement you're you're backtracking already (laughs) the week after so your credibility and the credibility of any uh hashtag mma retirement is is unbelievably low and nobody will ever believe um any kind of MMA retirement. Well, I didn't. Patrick Wyman and all them, they'll be back. They always come back. Yeah, Patrick, them back. Patrick Wyman did a podcast with me there like a year ago, so he was back already. I'd love to get Brian Stan on the podcast. Will I, will I DM him and say, here, Brian, come on the podcast? Will you do it? Probably wouldn't. Probably not. Everyone... He probably would. He's meant to be such a nice guy and all that, so maybe he would if. Yeah. Uh... If he if he takes a look at your timeline and likes the the cut of your jib, yeah, probably <laughs> probably not so. <laughs> 
just avoided. Nah, don't bother. Uh, everyone just tweet Brian Sander here. Come on, this is my podcast. I, Forrest Griffin said there like a week ago, oh, I wanted to go on podcasts and where, where should I go? And like 20 people tagged fucking me in the severe of my podcast and stuff, but he just like never got back to us ranting. So I don't know. That's weird. There's moths flying all over my room, Graham. It's mad. Mad time of the year. Mad world. Mad lives we're living. I, I like at about 35 minutes, I was like struggling. What are we going to talk about? And then it's like an hour and 10 minutes in now. So here we go. This is what happened. I, I suppose we better end it there. Graham, pleasure. God bless you. God bless the family. God bless everyone listening. And you feel like you have something to say there. Go on. Have you, something, have you, <laughs> you can hear from my silence that I've got something to say. <laughs> is, that a, is that a fucking Morrissey lyric or something? That's, you you no, love bringing no. Morrissey lyrics into the end of these fucking yeah, you, you, should, you should make, you should make the, the, the inspirational quotes uh, Morrissey lyrics instead. Yeah, I'll do that next week. Now. I, at the start, they were all like fucking killer's lyrics because I couldn't come up with anything. But, yeah. uh, one of Marcy's you could end it on is I wear black on the inside because black or black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. You, I think you said that last <laughs> week. <laughs> You've definitely said that before. It's such a funny line. Yeah, right. That's one inspirational quote. I think we yeah. actually we actually oh. we actually squeezed one in before, didn't we? we, we yeah. I think it was. I think it was it takes strength to be gentle and kind or something like that. I think it was one of those. It was, it was something like that. Let's end it on that. Let's end it on that. That's the inspirational quote of the week. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next Tuesday. Or Saturday or something. No, we'll actually see you on Tuesday, 8 o'clock, Zoom.